Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and with me in the studio, I have Duncan Longden, who's a photographer. Hi. 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 And you've been in Taiwan for three and a half years. That's right. On You're and from, off. Yes, on and off. Oh, okay. You're from the UK. Which part of UK? Um, I spent twenty years in Oxford, and then twenty years in London. You know what? There's so much to talk about you because you've got seems like a, a very interesting life uh, uh, behind you, but uh, and also ahead of you, I'm sure. So we are going to start off before anything else. Is this story that has made an impact on you? And you were telling me it's got to do with your mom. Yeah, yeah, it's quite straightforward, really. Um, growing up. Um, there's sacrifices made in the house just to just to put food on the table and, and a roof over the heads. So um, my mum got a job at my school. She was the librarian. I was the worst person to go to the library. I'm terrible at bothering to pick up books or read or anything. I think that's probably a big disappointment to her. But uh, once my brother and I got to a, an old enough age to be left to our own devices and got jobs, etc., paper rounds and work in the local shop, she took herself back to university to do a master's degree at 43. And I think that probably was something that led me to make the change in my life to go back to photography when I was forty. Because I left college, I studied film, and then I went and studied photography at a university in Middlesbrough, uh, which I hated. And uh, I transferred universities halfway through and just went to a place in Birmingham, and it was amazing. My best man from my wedding I met the first day at yeah. the halls of residence walked into my room, and this guy was just, "Wow, I'm in the right place." So I went there. <laughs> And I left and went into photography and moved to London, um, but I didn't enjoy it. So I walked away from that and got a job. First of all, as a dispatch rider, riding motorcycles around London, doing deliveries. Doing deliveries, and the life expectancy was three months when I started. What um, happened? I survived. Basically, oh. <laughs> I got better at it. Um, I lost a few friends uh, and saw a few few things along the way, which is which is how it goes. But I did my three winters riding motorcycles all up and down the country, delivering all sorts of packages to all sorts of places. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking about deliveries up in the mountains and hills and everything, and not like here in Taipei City, just street after streets. <laughs> oh no, I'd be heading off on a Friday to Bristol from London. You know, no I'm, wonder I'm you're talking about. Hour. No wonder you were saying you survived, okay. Yeah, it was cold, but, you know, in London there's a million people at a time, so it's very busy. It's, it's, there's a lot of people trying to knock you off your motorcycle, it would appear. You know, you get paid per delivery, so you have to run fast from one place to the next. And, yeah. uh, you know, you can't always be the safest route when you're getting paid a little bit of money. Okay, the Duncan that I know is not just only a photographer, he's also a motorcyclist, an avid motorcyclist himself, and uh, a fast one, a very, very fast one at that <laughs> no, Not too. very fast, not very fast. <laughs> right. Can't claim that, I'm quick enough, but I'm not very, very fast. So are you saying that uh, dispatch job was your first time riding motorcycles? No, I started riding motorcycles when I was about six years old. Oh. I rode it straight into a tree. First time. How could yeah. you even get onto a bike and even like you know reach the uh, the handle at six? It was only a, it was just a little you know a little Cub ninety, a little Honda ninety. Um, Still, uh, my brother gave me the best piece of advice ever. After that, he said, "Just give it as much throttle as you need." That's Great. the best piece of advice I, I, I got from my brother ever. I think your older brother, or younger? yeah, my older brother, my oh, older brother, oh. yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, he's I also a very avid motorcyclist. He's ridden his motorcycle all the way around the world. You've got a very interesting 
family members here. But let's let's go back on you, Duncan. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're not really great in school, and you never really loved school, even though you studied photography, and you are doing what you studied. But you didn't like the school part, is that it? You just like the taking a camera, just college, taking pictures. College was fine. College was fine. It was school. I wasn't really interested in school. I was very bored most of the time. I didn't have much focus, so I just took myself out of school basically, and spent most of my time on a skateboard uh, in my friend's backyard. We built a ramp, so I'd go to school till about ten o'clock in the morning, and then I'd leave. Were you there for what's what class in in the morning? None. <laughs> To you? Oh yes. no, yeah. I went to English and I went to maths, and I, you know, I did my work and I passed the courses that I needed to pass. I passed the subjects that I needed to pass, but I didn't need to, really need to be there all of the time. I just, I just felt like I, I could be doing other things, so I did. So actually, you're a smart kid. You were a smart student, but、um, you just didn't like it. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I just had a bad. I went to, I went to a not particularly good school, and it's a good school now. But when I was there, it, the teaching、um, levels weren't very high, and and、uh, the late seventies and early eighties, and、uh, GCSEs are just coming in. They didn't really know how to teach them, I don't think, and、uh, and the teaching standards weren't very inspirational. So, Duncan was telling me that after graduating, he had different jobs, at pretty good companies actually. Then one time, he attended a friend's wedding, who is now a famous photographer. After that wedding, he went home, told his wife that he wants to become a photographer. I'm going to go and be a photographer,、mm. and I stepped out with nothing, no savings, nothing in the bank, and I didn't have a single job for eight months. But eventually, I started making some money, and then I came here, and then I got to work for National Geographic. National Geographic has given me some opportunities to go places, which are amazing.、Yeah. I'm very grateful for it. I look forward to going to more. But to do that, I think, and to bring that story back, that would be something fantastic. So National Geographic got you around all over the world, or where? Where did they? Well, they got me all around Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> um, literally all around Taiwan. I've been to more places in Taiwan than my mother-in-law, and she's Taiwanese. So、uh, I kind of know the shortcuts when I take them out, which is interesting. But、um, I was in、uh, Dujiangyan at the oldest irrigation system in the world, Qingchengshan,、oh. which is the birthplace of Taoism, which is interesting for me. Okay. To, to go to these places, Hong Kong and Singapore, I've been to for them.、Uh, Japan, they took、yeah. me to Japan. That was awesome. So, what got you into photography? Was it your dad? No, <laughs> <laughs> my dad takes on your own. My dad takes the same photograph of a race car every time he goes to racing, and he races all the time. He's always with a nice camera. When I left film studies, I wanted to do special effects. Special effects. Yeah, I wanted to make animatronics. That's what I was interested what, in. What's that? Robots. Oh, you know, the、okay. old Jim Henson stuff, you know, from the Muppets, things like this. But it was kind of going out of fashion, and CGI was coming in, and I missed my opportunity to get onto a course. And I ended up, my second choice was photography, and I ended up going to this college in Middlesbrough and having a conversation about where I grew up in Oxfordshire, where there's a palace called Blenheim Palace, and I got an unconditional entry. I have no idea how that happened. The second year tutor, I believe, was better than the first, but I had a word with the first year tutor, and we didn't particularly get on with each other. And so I decided I needed to go somewhere else, and I think that's important lesson to learn is if something's not right, you've got to make the decision to change it and just go for it, which is why I ended up in Birmingham. And、right. this guy Roger Hickman that I mentioned earlier,、yeah. he said to me, "I've not listened to any of the tutors you've been with before. I've not listened to anybody from your previous college. I want to make my mind up about you entirely on my own." And then he held his watch out to me, which he had a pocket watch, a fob watch. That's the kind of man he was, and said, "Listen to that." That's the seconds of your life ticking away. Why are you still standing here? 
go and get on with it. I said, fine. And so off I went. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. You jumped really fast ahead and said something about National Geographic. How did you even got that opportunity? Oh, I called them. You're another one of those people who take initiatives. Okay, all right. You yeah, well, you have them. to. You're freelance. You have to. You've got to so get on the phone. So you first enjoyed their stuff before you decided you want to just give them a call. Well, yeah, and I was in a part of a the world of where people. I figured uh, I'm able to travel from here, and it could be of interest to them. What was that experience working for National Geographic? How long was that? I still get. You work still with do, them. right? Right? Yeah, right. I'm still in contact with them. It's National Geographic Traveler. They're good. They're good people. They come in. It's it's often it's fairly vague. How long has it been that you've been working for National Geographic? There, since I came to Taiwan. So I, li- I literally, I left, I left work. I stayed in the UK for another eight months, and then I left the UK and came to Taiwan. All right, so that was three and a half years ago then, Thereabouts, right? Thereabouts, yeah. So they're asking you for projects because you're based in Taiwan, so they're asking for projects all about Taiwan. No, they actually do send you to The other first countries. place I went to was, was um, Japan, Tokyo and Hakone. Oh, so you're going to be like Asia... Based. That's what I do, yeah. Right? Yeah, I kind of hit that Oh, up, nice. So. so I'm perfectly positioned. Taiwan's perfectly positioned to travel. I mean, they're great for exposure and there's always interesting experiences. You've got to be really open-minded when you travel and with travel photography. You've got to try and get in amongst the people and, and really show what life is like there. And you've got certain magazines like Condé Nast that are all beautiful photographs of the Bahamas or what have you. But you don't really see what it's like at the market or on the route taxis in, in, in the Caribbean or, you know, where it might be in the plantations or, or down the back streets. And for me, it's and the kids and the guys fixing bicycles at the side of the road, you know, with egg carts on the back of them. I find all of that much more interesting. So when National Geographic says they want to send you to Singapore, do you tell them, well, if you send me to Singapore, these are the kind of pictures I want to take? And oh, they do know they what take they're your... going to get. That's why they send me. They get all the nice pretty photographs as well of like the Helix Bridge and Island by the Bay and all of that sort of stuff. I also have to illustrate an article. So I'll get the blurb first from the article and I'll know the images I need to make. Oh, but I the, see. the thing I did around Taiwan was a photo essay. So there was no, I still have to write a little bit of blurb. I have to write sometimes how I made the photograph as well because they like to promote. It's obviously a photo- photographic based magazine. And I was a judge for them for a photographic competition as well. National Geographic? Yeah, which is quite oh, an honor. Good. You got a reputation quite up there then. Apparently. Yeah, as a person. <laughs> Actually, I'm curious, when did you get your very first camera? With your oh, own money? With my own money? What, what was the first camera? It was not from your own money then? No. Your very, very first personal. I mean, I got a present from my parents. It was okay. a little bit of a point and shoot. But uh, my, first DS, uh, my first DSLR was a Minolta DX7000, and it was bought for me by an ex-girlfriend. As a um, present for going to college, which is very nice of her. She didn't ask it back when you guys broke up. <laughs> no, I sold it. So, um, yeah, and I've had you know, a multitude of cameras since then, but currently four cameras. Actually, I have about six, but um, <laughs> I shoot on Nikon primarily. I had to take photographs at the Ministry of Sound Millennium Celebration at the, the O2 Arena mm. in London. It's huge. And I got a photo pass to go there. Oh, I thought I had a photo pass to go there. I needed a camera and I saw a, a Nikon for sale in a pawnbroker's shop. Ooh, Poor guy from. Isn't that dangerous? No, it's fine. It's a, it okay. was fine. If you know your stuff, then I guess it's yeah. fine. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't have much choice. I needed a camera and that was affordable <laughs> and it was, it was a good piece of kit. And I still have the lens from that now. And I wish I'd never sold the camera, but it served me very well. It paid for itself that first night. 
Um, and it turned out, though, my friend asked me, could I get him a backstage pass? So I went to go and get that sorted out. And then the people, the officials actually saw the pass I had. And it wasn't a photo pass at all. The company that had organized me to go in had given me a fake pass. And I just <laughs> basically lied my way in for myself and my girlfriend. It's like utter belief that, uh, that this was the correct pass. So well, there we were in the official office. And they're saying, you're not allowed to work here anymore. And then the guy that was running the O2 Arena turned up, distracted them, at which point my girlfriend pulled me out to come and we're leaving. <laughs> so we went back and then I phoned and they said, keep a low profile. But at midnight, I was on stage for the countdown, 15,000 people cheering. Yeah, that was a, it was good fun. When you're around Taipei, do you carry a camera with you? Not anymore. But don't you feel like, you know, oh, I wish I had my camera because you just thought you saw a beautiful moment. I've got my phone. You don't have to have a special camera to make a special photograph. You have to just understand what you're looking at and make, make the correct composition and understand how to make the correct exposure. If yeah. I'm in the mood for going out and taking street photography or if I've got a job coming in which is going to involve travel work, then for two weeks beforehand I will be out every day getting back, getting sharp again. And yes, there's sometimes I see something which is obviously, oh, wow, that's really nice or that person's really interesting. I do teach a bit of photography and a bit of street photography particularly people seem to want to learn to do that quite a lot it shouldn't be in your bag it should be in your hand you know because then you're ready to take the photograph you know otherwise you've missed it and duncan longdon will begin in next week's episode by telling a great story about how important it is to have a camera ready in your hand so see you next week for in the spotlight i'm shirley lynn Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Taoyuan City is holding a talent competition for migrant workers interested in singing and dancing. Call 02-2366-1368 by June 30th to sign up for the event. There will be a maximum cash prize of 14,000 Taiwan dollars. This ad is sponsored by the Taoyuan City's Labor Department. <laughs>